You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 452 of this podcast. Today is Sunday, August 14th, 2022. And in this episode, we're going to talk about America's alphabet soup federal agencies and how they seem to hate conservatives. Now, I've got a lot of questions for you. I don't know that we're going to answer all of them, but we at least need to ask these questions. And if we can answer some of them, or if we can at least begin to answer them, I think first we have to ask the questions. We can't even ask the questions. How are we going to answer them? That's my perspective on it. But first of all, what is the setup? What is the reason for asking the question of note what would happen if some of these federal agencies were abolished entirely? The FBI, DOJ, IRS, USDA, CDC, what is the cost-benefit to the American people? And if someone can say there's a benefit, there's a service that these agencies are providing to us, I would respond by asking, yes, but what is the cost that they incur for us? And is the benefit outweighing the cost? Is it worth it? Do we need these agencies to fulfill the roles that they're fulfilling? Or are they fulfilling these roles in a way that actually undermines our liberty, our prosperity, our peace, and our freedom? It's no secret that the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, Trump's estate in Florida, this past week. They raided it. 30 agents descended on his property and proceeded to spend the whole day there <laughs> looking through every nook and cranny they could think of, supposedly in search of top secret, top secret documents, top secret articles and paperwork and items which supposedly, and this is what we're all supposed to be nudged by here, the implication, the insinuation, supposedly President Trump did not have a right to have in his possession. Supposedly, they were looking for top secret documents, which he's not supposed to have. And the implication, the insinuation is either A, he had no idea that he's not supposed to have these things on his private property, and therefore is incompetent and inept, and we shouldn't ever allow Republicans to have power again in this country because look, look at everybody who's hitched their wagon to former President Trump and supports him and voted for him. These people clearly can't be trusted with national security and nuclear codes and the nuclear football, et cetera, et cetera. Or B, uh, they're continuing on with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Ah, see, President Trump is funneling secrets to Putin or what have you. He's a Russian agent. 
He is a KGB asset. He's a Manchurian candidate. He is selling our secrets to hostile regimes around the world. And it's a good thing we've got the FBI to go and look through his wife's uh, you know, clothing <laughs> to uh, check for little scraps of paper that you know might be used against us all right that's that's the insinuation one or two either one of those will work a or b either one of those will work but who actually believes that the fbi is doing this in good faith who who actually believes that who can believe that and as we're looking at this in a midterm election year while President Biden is very unpopular, even with his own party. Democrats don't want him to run again. They have to say publicly, oh, yes, well, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I didn't mean to suggest that you shouldn't run or that we're not all very thankful and grateful that you're president. Um, but you know, off the record, he's not running. On the record, he shouldn't run again. No. You know, the Democrats are not even wanting... Biden. And Republicans definitely don't want Biden, but I think both alike and everybody in between, a lot of independents have decided that when it comes to being able to buy food and put gas in their tank and get gainful employment and have rising wages that at least keep pace with inflation, you know, maybe at least keep pace with inflation, uh, you know, being able to do better than living paycheck to paycheck. Six in 10 Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Biden is not getting it done. Uh, In fact, what he is getting done seems like systematically on point after point is making things far, far worse for Democrats, Republicans, and independents alike. In short, all of America is waking up to the fact that we have a commander-in-chief who is commanding in the wrong direction. And when you see him sputtering and you see him not being able to form cogent sentences or even navigate the grounds of the White House or anywhere else he is without a great deal of help and guidance from his wife and others, one begins to wonder what the Democrats are waiting for. Why are they not invoking the 25th Amendment and getting him out of there? And then you hear Kamala Harris speaking and talking about space being what connects us. And then you remember, ah, okay, that's what it is. That was very clever. Very clever to have picked her as a running mate because the cure would be worse than the disease, as a lot of folks reckon. And then you get Nancy Pelosi getting up and giving a speech about how Mother Earth sometimes gets angry, and that's why we're seeing these natural disasters. And that's why it's so good that they passed this or are in the process of passing. I don't know exactly what the status is at this moment, but it's passed some of the requisite votes to reduce inflation, but then it's not really going to reduce inflation. They're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents as it stands right now. Many of them armed, 70,000 of them armed and with a license to kill, apparently. Uh, They're going to tax us into oblivion and commandeer our economy so as to appease Mother Earth. And that's what Nancy Pelosi wants us to focus on is that Mother Earth is angry with us 
And uh, I guess we need to offer some human sacrifice in the form of the American people uh, to appease her, to appease the angry uh, earth mother goddess or what have you. So the Democrats needed a diversionary tactic. Oh, what's that over there, right? Hey, remember the bad orange man, even though Biden has been in office now for two years, let's throw the FBI at him and let's get everybody talking about him and let's insinuate again, like they have been for six years at this point uh, and counting. Let's insinuate again that this guy is dangerous and he shouldn't be allowed anywhere near our national security assets and interests, even though it wasn't under Trump that Afghanistan fell to the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS-K and uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars, trillions of dollars of investment, arms and weapons and infrastructure were just given to the guys who either supported (laughs) actively uh, the bombing of our World Trade Center towers and Pentagon on September 11th, 2001, uh, or else they were the guys who were carrying out that stuff. They were the the ones executing that operation. Let's give trillions of dollars of investment and countless lives, you know, not just lost in terms of those men who were killed in action or came back maimed, uh, but also those men who gave up years of their lives and now have PTSD. They now have you know, major emotional trauma from their time in Afghanistan. Let's just give that over to the terrorists and also by extension, China, who was only all too happy to come in and help assess what it is that we had left behind. And, you know, not that it necessarily was news to them, what our hardware was, what our technology was, but, you know, if anything was missing in their hacking of our institutions, well, now they've got the hardware to study firsthand and to catalog. And, oh, yeah, we'll help you with that. We'll help you figure out what to do with this ISIS-K and Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Don't worry. Don't don't worry. We'll, we'll be happy to help you build up a rare earth mining operation in Afghanistan. Well, that didn't happen. <clears throat> the fall of Afghanistan for all the world to see did not happen under Trump. It happened under Biden. This war in the Ukraine did not happen on Trump's watch. It happened on, and it continues to happen on Biden's watch. China flexing like any time now they could go into Taiwan and take it over and take over a major supply source of the world's semiconductors, which is a major, major national security and economic uh you know, asset for not just the U.S., but for all of our allies, for the whole free world. You know, that wasn't happening on Trump's watch. It is currently happening. It has been happening on Biden's watch. But we're supposed to all be talking about the FBI going into Mar-a-Lago to get top secret documents that Trump supposedly was keeping and has not turned over. What's up with that? The big question here for the folks who are moderate and winsome and they have their polite society lives that uh, 
you know, asking uncomfortable questions like this sometimes might disrupt. And so they don't want to ask these questions. They don't want to be around people who ask these kinds of questions. We really have to, at a certain point, when these things are happening before our eyes, get into, is the deep state a thing, right? Do these agencies, you know, put aside the term deep state, because that makes some folk very uncomfortable. Ah, deep state, oh, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. Or <laughs> we could just admit that there are these agencies that operate in the shadows. How about that? Can we just at least start with admitting that the FBI, DOJ, IRS, CDC have not been above board with us and that that has caused a great deal of pain to all of us here in America, all of us common citizens here in America? And also, do these agencies represent a kind of supra-governmental force in American public and private life. When a former president of the United States of America can have his estate raided like this in an unprecedented fashion in a midterm election year when the Democrats are looking like they're going to lose in a catastrophic way, and this is supposed to build up to an October surprise, presumably, we have to ask whether the typical American knows either the leadership or the rank and file of these institutions. Do we know what they're doing? Do we know what mechanisms we have at our disposal to hold them accountable? If we don't even know what they're doing, it's just like the, you know, at the top of the episode here, I say, well, we've got to ask these questions if we're going to be able to answer them. We have to know what these agencies are doing and who's doing what and when in order to hold them accountable. If we can't even get started on that, well, then how do you ever hold them accountable? You don't, right? The fact that these are such secretive organizations and that we don't know really the folks who operate within them and run them. And when we do, we still don't fully know what they're doing. When some of us know who is making up the leadership in the rank and file, we still have a devilishly hard time figuring out what they're actually doing in our name. And then lastly, if we know those first two things, how do we hold them accountable? Is there a way to hold them accountable? If there's not, well then, we should be reminded of the dictum that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't think that's quite correct, but I would say that absolute power devoid of accountability attracts corrupt men. And the more the power, the more the attraction of the more corrupt <laughs> the most corrupt. But I think that there is a great deal of redundancy and inefficiency to the functions of these institutions. I really do. The FBI, the DOJ, the IRS, the USDA, the CDC, for starters, are not necessary institutions. Can I say that again? They're not, in, they're not institutions that we need. They're not necessary institutions. A lot of the functions of these institutions are the rightful domain of state and local governments, of other institutions which are more above board, which are more transparent and accountable. A lot of the functions of these institutions could be carried out, for instance, by state and local government or also common citizens. The more power is vested in the FBI, DOJ, IRS, USDA, and CDC, the less 
we, the people, have those powers that have been invested in those institutions. We've got to realize that. You know, it's just like taxes, right? Taxes represent a extraction of wealth from the economy. Now, when I say the economy, you probably are thinking, oh, well, what's the economy, right? I'm not the economy. I don't know the economy. I'm just a man trying to provide for his wife and his kids. I'm just the guy trying to make ends meet. I'm just trying to save up for a decent vehicle or a house. I'm just trying to put food on the table. I'm not the economy. Yeah, but the economy is our whole nation's worth of people trying to do exactly what you're trying to do. Some of these people are already very wealthy and their goals are different. They're not just trying to buy a vehicle and buy a house and put food on the table. Some of them are accumulating incredible amounts of wealth. But also part of the reason why some people are able to accumulate incredible amounts of wealth is because a lot of the accountability has been missing depending on if you donate, if you have some money and you donate to the right person who enacts the right laws or repeals the right laws at the right time or rewrites the right laws or has the in with the right alphabet soup agency to sick that agency on your competitors to help carve out opportunity for you when you happen to be positioned to exploit the opportunity in the market to grab market share that is part of why there is i think so much inequality in what the very 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 wealthy have versus those who are living paycheck to paycheck the six out of ten who are living paycheck to paycheck the Americans who have never been burdened under so much debt as they are right now. And the higher inflation goes, the more their everyday expenses, weekly unexpected expenses, are going into debt. So taxes are an extraction of wealth from the economy, which is to say taxes are an extraction of wealth from you and I. The government printing money as well, is also a form of taxation. Now, I'm not going to repeat the mantra, taxation is theft. I think that taxes have their place, but I think there's also no getting around the fact that taxes can become, at a certain point, confiscatory, and they can become theft. <laughs> Sorry. like You can use the claim that I, we're just being taxed to then go in and steal from people who have something that the powers that be don't want them to have because they feel threatened. If this person has this thing, they will be able to mount a defense against us or run a campaign against us or run an organization that sheds lights on our activity. You can tax strategically, especially those folks who would use the wealth that they have and are expecting to have to oppose you politically, to oppose you economically. Well, so also with regards to power and authority, if you are giving so much power and authority to these institutions, you are also at the same time taking power away from common citizens, state government, local government. The more power the federal government has, 
the less accountability the federal government has. The more power these bureaucracies have, the less power the elected officials have, even former elected officials. Even a sitting president, when he was the current president of the United States of America, was constantly being harassed and harried by people in these agencies, even though we elected him and we didn't elect them. And they're still doing it. And I have to ask, what happens if these bodies are supposed to be apolitical? They're they're supposed to be serving the public interest. They're supposed to be serving the public. They're supposed to be public servants. And yet become nakedly partisan. I mean, can anybody deny that there is a partiality to the way our government bureaucracies operate relative progressives and conservatives in the U.S.? I don't think so. I I don't think that can be denied. I don't think it can be argued. It's just like with social media. It goes one direction. There's a two-tiered system of accountability, and it's predicated on the assumption that progressive framing of the moral fabric of this nation, of the arc of history, of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, informs these bureaucracies. They would not say that they're being unethical or immoral. They would say that traditional America, conservative America, needs to be completely overhauled, and they're just the men and women for the job. And anybody who thinks that's not actually a good idea, that's not a good thing, anybody who stands in the way of that is immoral and unethical. So they really do think that they are doing what's right. But the problem is they don't know what's right. And also, given that they have so much power and so little transparency, and there is so little in the way of accountability, we have a very dangerous recipe for oppression, for tyranny, and for a purging of one type of American from public life and influence and public service. And really, again, For those who are in the mushy middle, those who are loving their comfortable life where they watch a certain amount of TV and they just do what they're told and they just go to work and they go to school and they have their friendships and they have their social activities and they play their games and they don't want to be bothered by all this uncomfortable, scary stuff. At what point do we concede that something like a deep state exists? If you don't want to call it a deep state because that's scary. A stigma has been created to keep you from talking about a deep state, to make it sound dangerous, to suggest that there is such a thing as a deep state. Fine. Let's just say something like a deep state. If it does indeed exist, operating in the shadows or else beyond accountability is not a deep state, a tool of oppression and subversion. And by subversion, what I mean is revolution? Is not the deep state an effort at transferring power and wealth from conservative America to the progressive vision? If, furthermore, that is an evil thing. If something like a deep state, or if you're comfortable with the term, the deep state is a thing, and on the whole, an evil thing, 
what, if anything, can we do to abolish it? And if we realize that at the end of the day, the reason a lot of us are very uncomfortable with even talking about a deep state existing is that they're not thinking anything can be done about it, well, then that right there is all the more reason why we need to be talking about this. The fact that it's gotten to that point, that level, is to say we need to abolish it. We need to abolish the deep state. Our government officials need to be elected and they need to be removable. If they're not removable, then they're not accountable, period. Now, I've got some quotes for you, and then I'm going to tell you a story, a personal story, my own story in large measure, my family's story. But first off, famed historian, classicist, fellow at the Hoover Institution and National Review, Victor Davis Hanson, says the FBI is a great threat to democracy, according to reporting by Gary Bai and Jan Jakielek at the Epoch Times, August 13th, 2022. And I quote, Victor Davis Hanson says, this idea of a Federal Bureau of Investigation, its record is too dangerous to democracy. If you want a lurid diary of Joe Biden's and you're in the FBI and you become a retrieval service for the Biden family, you drag out James O'Keefe in his underwear. James O'Keefe being the guy over at Project Veritas. Basically, the FBI humiliated him on his front yard in the middle of the night, waking him up because somebody had given him a copy of, uh, or, or rather the actual thing. I don't know how they got a hold of it, why they got a hold of it, but the personal diary of Joe Biden's granddaughter, I believe it was. I don't think it was Joe Biden's daughter. I think it was Joe Biden's granddaughter. But then the FBI goes and gets this thing from James O'Keefe in the most humiliating, degrading, intimidating way possible. And Victor Davis Hanson, classicist, historian, author, I have read several of his books. They're very, very good. They're very, very interesting. Victor Davis Hanson is a very smart man, very well-versed with the Greeks and the Romans and the history of the ancient peoples and how instructive that should be to us in America. Victor Davis Hanson says, the FBI is a danger to democracy. Ron Paul, back in 1988, former senator, several time candidate for president of the United States, in 1988, two years after I was born, said the FBI was designed to spy on Americans who might be disagreeing with policy, according to a post at Not the Bee from August 10th. And I quote, it almost looks like the FBI was designed to spy on Americans who might be disagreeing with policy, especially foreign policy. So the FBI, though I don't think I can condemn everything they've ever done, I think the FBI has kept and continues to keep a lot of records on a lot of individuals. And that's a very chilling thought, that even for you to be critical of our foreign policy or of our domestic policy might cause the FBI to use certain information to quiet you, that they've collected dossiers and profiles on potential threats to the status quo in American government and that they are going to use that information to do away with people who 
potentially might, as I would say, bring accountability. Now, if you've got spies and subversive agents of foreign governments operating in the U.S., and you've got a government entity who is designed to explore that possibility and track down agents of foreign governments, that's one thing. But here's the thing. If you are a citizen of this country and you are critical of what your government or unelected bureaucrats are doing, and you also have the right to vote, and you're also supposed to be voting in an informed way, and we're also supposed to be a constitutional republic and a democracy in some measure all at the same time, having the best elements of several governments throughout history, and then the FBI is able to imply certain untoward things about you when you provide needed accountability. Like let's say, for instance, even if you were a former president of the United States of America, they can be sicked on you. That supports the claim and the warning that Victor Davis Hanson is making. Not because Victor Davis Hanson said it, but Victor Davis Hanson is right because it's true. That is a threat to democracy. How do you have an actual democracy if people can't disagree with public policy or the people who are supposedly, allegedly, our public servants without the FBI dragging you out of your house in the middle of the night in your underwear for the whole neighborhood to see? Without the FBI showing up 30 agents deep at your estate and rifling through your wife's underwear drawer, supposedly looking for top top secret documents, which by the way, the president, as I understand it, has the discretion. It is He has the authority to be able to unclassify, to say this is not top secret anymore. And if he doesn't, here's the question, right? Here is the big question. If the president does not have the right to say this is no longer top secret, then who does? Riddle me that. Who has the power to say this is no longer top secret? This is going to just be public knowledge. I'm releasing these documents to the public. I'm declassifying them. Who has that power? Because whoever has that power is actually the real president and the person sitting in the White House who shuffles across the White House lawn and mumbles things incoherently, but really loves ice cream. That guy's just a figurehead, which I suppose is increasingly (laughs) what we all are comfortable with saying out loud. Anyways, Republican candidate for Arizona Governor Carrie Lake suggests disbanding the FBI after a raid on Trump. She says, I 100% agree in her interview with Stephen Crowder, reported by Not The Bee, August 11th. I 100% agree with curtailing IRS and disbanding the FBI. We are sovereign states. We are not serfs of the federal government. We created the federal government, and now they're like this big monster that's taken over our lives. And we're going to push back here and push on the 10th Amendment instead of letting these agencies with people who haven't been elected by the people dictate what we do in our lives. And that's an important point right there, that little detail. Somebody might hear this and they might say, oh, no, we need to submit to the governing authorities. And to that, I would say, if I come into your house and I start bossing you around and I start telling you how it's going to be, and I'm just some guy you know from across town, and I say, ah, I, you are going to do this thing, and you ask why, it is not, <laughs> it is not my right 
to say to you, you need to submit to the governing authorities. And then you stop asking questions. If I'm not actually in authority over you, your wife, your kids, I have no business coming into your house and bossing you around, especially for increasingly trivial things. At a certain point, the recognition needs to dawn on us that the unelected people who make up these agencies are just that. They're unelected. We didn't vote for them. In fact, we don't even understand the process by which they get hired on. The IRS Criminal Investigations Annual Report 2021 is a preview of what to expect from 87,000 more agents, not to be reports, August 12th, 2022. Ted Cruz is quoted here, Democrats are making the IRS bigger than the Pentagon, the Department of State, the FBI, and the Border Patrol combined. Those IRS agents are coming after you, not billionaires and big corporations. 87,000 agents. Are you voting for them? Am I voting for them? We don't even know who they are, but by golly, you and I don't get to vote for them. The way this is supposed to be sold to us is we voted for political candidates people to run at the state, local, federal level to operate, to function in government, in the executive, judicial, and legislative branches. We vote. They make appointments. Or when a whole agency exists just to extract wealth from the economy and give it to the government, which will then spend it as the government sees fit, including spending it on itself, Especially, IRS agents are going to get hired by political appointees that the Democrats picked. These 87,000 more agents, 70,000 of them being armed agents. For what reason? It's hard to say. It sounds like an army, actually. It sounds like you're building an army. It sounds like Sheriff of Nottingham, Robin Hood, Prince John type shenanigans here, actually. When... The Democrats get to hire 87,000 IRS agents, and then they're going to send them after conservatives, conservative 501c3s, conservative-led corporations, conservative-owned small businesses, conservative private citizens maybe who blog, podcast, write books, speak, raise their kids, work in industries that the Democrats think are destroying the planet or causing transgendered kids to commit suicide or opposing progress, standing in the way. Where is the accountability if these 87,000 agents weren't hired by us? We didn't vote for them. Also, too, the Department of Justice, the DOJ, according to reporting by Ryan Saavedra at the Daily Wire, August 12th, 2022, is investigating the Southern Baptist Convention for its handling of allegations of abuse. A statement put out by the leadership of the SBC says, and I quote, the SBC Executive Committee recently became aware that the Department of Justice has initiated an investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention and that the investigation will include multiple SBC entities. Individually, And collectively, each SBC entity is resolved to fully and completely cooperate with the investigation. That's crazy. Pretty crazy. 
Now, this is an honest question. I'm not implying that the answer to this question is in the negative. I don't know. It's an honest question. Has the DOJ ever investigated the Roman Catholic Church here in the U.S.? Yes or no? Yes or no? If no, why not, given that they're going to and are investigating the SBC? If the DOJ in the United States of America has never investigated the Roman Catholic Church, why are they investigating the SBC right now over handling or mishandling of allegations of abuse? Tell me that. A partial reason, a possible reason, might be that the word Southern, right there in the name of the organization, institution, conjures up thoughts of fighting systemic racism, white supremacy, relitigating the Civil War, going after the South again, going after the Southern Baptist Convention. We're going to go after those white, redneck, hillbilly, racist, white supremacist, Republican, Trump voting, misogynistic, homophobic, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get them. The SBC, as I have read, is among the most conservative Republican denominations in the U.S., 64%. And that's that's a much lower number because in recent years, a lot of churches have fled other denominations here in the U.S. because those other denominations were going all in on ordaining homosexuals and affirming transgenderism, affirming the sexual revolution, and not just affirming it, but ordaining ministers who were the embodiment of sexual immorality, what the Bible says is sexual immorality. But as churches have left en masse, their liberal denominations where they were the most conservative churches and they have joined the SBC, they have correspondingly become the most liberal, progressive churches in the SBC. So 64%, uh, what was it 15 years ago, 20 years ago before gay marriage uh, was the thing that we were all being nudged to support? That's the question. Epidemiologist Dr. J. Bhattacharya says the updated CDC COVID-19 guidance is admitting the CDC was wrong. Zachary Stieber and Jan Yekielek at the Epoch Times reported August 13th. Some quotes from Dr. Bhattacharya. The CDC is admitting it was wrong here, although they won't put it in those words. What they'll say is that, well, the population is more immunized now, has more natural immunity now, and now is the time the science has changed. This is two years too late, but it's a good step. End quote. Do you remember a long time ago when we were all told that there was this virus, this very, very dangerous virus that was very contagious and a lot of people were dying and a lot of people were going to die and we didn't know much about it. And in order to keep everyone safe, we needed 15 days at home, not going to work, not going to church, not going to school, not going out for shopping or social events. If at all, we could help it. Everybody stay home 15 days to slow the spread. Remember that? We need to figure out what we're dealing with here. Lots of people are dying. It's an unusual virus. <clears throat> out of an abundance of caution, we're going to declare this a global pandemic. 
and we're going to shut down the entire world's economy. And no, you can't go to church. No, you can't go to school. No, you can't go to your grandmother's funeral. No, you can't go anywhere without permission. In fact, 15 days, if you recall, I know it's been a long time ago, but 15 days to slow the spread turned into months and months and months. And they did this thing, and I got one because I was an essential worker, so-called, but they did this thing where they said, only essential workers are going to be allowed to go to work and everybody else, you've got to stay home. Shut it all down. Walmart, Kroger's, Target, big box stores that sell groceries and household goods, you guys can stay open, but small businesses, you're going to have to just hold it. I got one of these essential worker, essential employee papers saying that because I worked in oil and gas, because I was an INE technician, I needed to go in. And I remember oil prices going negative because all of a sudden there were no cars on the road. There were no trucks on the road. It was weird driving to work. It felt like I had just been dropped into the walking dead because nobody was out and about or very, very, very few people were out and about driving. Everybody was home. And then you look at the stats and you don't see the death rate going sky high and you don't hear about all these people that you know dying left and right like you would expect to if it was an actual pandemic, if it was an actual Spanish flu type situation we were dealing with. And then all of a sudden you find out when doctors and scientists and researchers and academics want to say, well, wait a second, here's some things that we could do instead, or actually this doesn't make sense, or actually the virus may have been engineered in a lab in Wuhan, China, they couldn't get into their social media accounts anymore. Everybody's home, and everybody, of course, wants to read and hear and see what they're trying to put out, these other scientists and these other medical professionals, and they're systematically getting deplatformed and removed and investigated Remember that? Remember how churches were threatened, pastors were threatened, and yet special exemptions were carved out for certain seedy entertainment venues, movie studios? As long as they follow the protocols, as long as they are submissive and compliant, they'll be allowed to stay open. Because what was really, really going on there was a loyalty test. Let's figure out who's a good boy, who's a good girl, And the rest of them, they can rot. The rest of them, they can drink themselves to death. They can overdose. They can commit suicide. They can have their domestic violence incidents to finish each other off. We don't care what happens to the rest of them. We just want the compliant people. At least that's sure how it struck me and a lot of folks I know. A lot of folks I know. Now the CDC guidelines are saying, basically, you don't have to quarantine If you've been exposed to somebody who tested positive for COVID. Interesting. That's so interesting, given that Biden was just testing positive again and again and again. It's so interesting also, too, when he was going to deliver his first State of the Union address, you guys revised your requirement about masks because you wanted an excuse for members of Congress other public officials to show up and openly for the cameras, for the American people now and future generations, however many we've got, 
to see that they're not wearing the mask. Just like they probably weren't really wearing the mask anyways, actually, except for special photo ops before that. But our government didn't want to wear the masks anymore, just like the government didn't want to wear the masks anymore. And so very, very shortly before the State of the Union address, the CDC changes its guidance and its protocols. But see, if you're waiting until they change the protocols to stop wearing the mask, well, then you're still being obedient. When they say, you don't have to wear the mask, wear the mask. Don't have to wear the mask, wear the mask. Green light, red light. Simon says, touch your left big toe. Why? Because Simon says. Simon's the boss. It's a big psyop. Increasingly, we have to admit that these things don't make sense together, except as one giant global nudge in the direction of a planned economy and communism, period. Now, tell me this. It's one thing... So one thing, if the argument in favor of these alphabet soup agencies is that they are protecting us, right? They are protecting us from bad actors. They're going to protect us from Putin's spies operating in the U.S. They're going to protect us from Xi Jinping's spies operating in the U.S. Great. Wonderful. Except when those spies are literally sleeping with Democrat lawmakers It's no big deal. When those spies are literally working for Democrat lawmakers, it's no big deal. No big deal. That's fine. So you failed right there. Also, why is it that across the U.S., in every major institution, China and Russia has been able to infiltrate, and yet you guys are busy putting parents who object to CRT being taught to their kids radical gender theory being taught to their kids in the public schools. Your DOJ and FBI is busy putting them on terrorist watch lists. If you read Killing Patton by Bill O'Reilly, it's a great, great book. Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard talk about George S. Patton and the very mysterious circumstances under which he died at the very close of World War II. He was very much in favor of us continuing on after having conquered, defeated the Nazis, continuing on towards Moscow because Russia and the Soviets were a bigger threat. Patton was the only general the Nazis were afraid of, the Germans were afraid of in World War II. He was the only general that the Soviets were actually afraid of. And then he all of a sudden mysteriously winds up dead under very, very suspicious circumstances. And it just so happens he was very against the early iteration of these intelligence agencies that we're dealing with right now. And I think they're still trying to operate in the way that they likely operated towards him. I think that the ancestor of our CIA and FBI killed George S. Patton at the close of World War II. It is no secret that Franklin Delano Roosevelt's administration was filled with communist sympathizers. It is no secret that communists and fascists made Time Magazine's Person of the Year for years, in many cases, prior to the world deciding that they were villains now. 
The left loves communism. The left in America wants communism. We had open admirers of Mao Zedong in the Obama White House. We have open admirers of Marxism in the Biden administration and in the deep state. I think there is this push against conservative America because this is a long-standing, century-long now at this point, grudge match in which America is being destroyed from within by traitors, by treason. And yet the clever bastards want us to believe that it's Trump who represents the Manchurian candidate, not Biden. When there's ample evidence, they spent years with the Mueller investigation trying to find proof, trying to find anything whatsoever. It was a fishing expedition, trying to find anything at all they could use to destroy Trump and destroy anybody connected to Trump in his administration, in his campaign, systematically shaking everyone down to try and stop him from pulling out of this internationalist scheme, which is also about 100 years old at this point. I really do think that the FBI has been trying for six years to destroy Trump. It's like in uh, <laughs> it's like in Elf when Santa's sleigh breaks down in Central Park, and the mounted police, the NYPD mounted police, are coming for him. They've never forgiven him for putting them on the naughty list, and so. He'd better get that sleigh up and off the ground in a jiffy, in a hurry. It's a silly example, I know, but that's essentially what it is with the FBI. And Biden's Merrick Garland, attorney general, head of the DOJ, would have been a Supreme Court justice. And it's a good thing he wasn't, given the kinds of things he's saying and doing now as head of the DOJ. These guys are corrupt actors. And the way that they're operating is designed to keep themselves in power, to keep themselves from accountability. How crazy is it that the CDC is supposed to be this federal agency protecting us from outbreaks of major diseases, and yet the receipts are that the National Institute of Health and the Center for Disease Control actually funded the research they actually set up the research project at the at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan China where this covid-19 virus originated and then it gets circulated around the world and all these people die and not nearly so many i don't think because of the actual virus itself as due to the conditions that everyone was put in on the claim that we were being protected from the virus A lot of people have died and a lot more have suffered under tyranny and oppression, not because the CDC was doing such a damn fine job protecting us from COVID-19. They're the ones who unleashed COVID-19 because first and foremost, they are a political agency. They are not first and foremost a public health agency. They are first and foremost a politically active agency. When the public health interests are served supposedly by BLM, riots and Antifa, funny business in American cities in an election year, when that supposedly is in the interest of public health, you can't tell me that the CDC is protecting us from disease. Disease here is a euphemism 
for conservatism, for traditional America. When the CDC says that a Trump rally or conservatives getting together to go to church on a Sunday is a threat to public health, you can't tell me that they're actually protecting us from disease. They're not protecting us from disease. They are protecting us from conservative America as they see it. In their own minds, they are the heroes and we are the villains, but they're not first and foremost combating COVID any more than the whole business about climate change is first and foremost about climate change. Climate change is a euphemism for capitalism, for the free market, for individual liberty, American style. Climate change is not about climate change. Climate change is about communism, period, plain and simple. Yes, it makes some people very wealthy to get with the program, but that's always been the case. The communists in Russia and China figured out at a certain point, different points, but at a certain point each, that a totally planned economy doesn't work. So then you need to have a mix of central planning and communist repression of dissidents alongside free market ideas, certain free market elements, at least if people think it's a free market, well then, they'll act like it. But all we really care about is having the wherewithal to redistribute to our heart's content and to keep ourselves in power. The FBI is not investigating radical left influences in this country. The FBI is raiding Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. The FBI is confronting a U.S. lawmaker while he's on vacation and seizing his phone because supposedly there might be some information on there related to January 6th. The IRS is not hiring 87,000 new agents, 70,000 of which will be armed, and conducting training with mock-up mansions because they're going to go after the super wealthy, the super rich. They're not doing their mock-up training, raiding some yacht, some giant skyscraper owned by a wealthy billionaire. They're doing their training, guns hot, going into middle-class, suburban-looking homes, because they're coming for us. 93% of their seizures in 2021 were cryptocurrency. They're coming for the folks who bought cryptocurrency. They gave you all this money, and if they can say that the small business loans through COVID were improperly paid to you, they're coming to get that money back by seizing your property. Although if I were especially devious and I were all in for the left and totally partisan, I would make two lists. I would make a naughty list and I would make a nice list. And the naughty list would be the folks who vote the way that I vote. If I had no scruples, if any means can be justified depending on the ends, and I've told myself I'm saving the planet, and transgendered kids are literally committing suicide if I don't do what I'm going to do here, and the whole planet's going to burn up if I don't do what I'm going to do here, and Trump is literally Hitler, and his supporters are all just a basket of deplorables like Hillary Clinton said. If I've convinced myself of that, I am parsing and cross-referencing my list of those who potentially received funds inappropriately and vote the way that I vote for the greater good or vote the other way. 
And maybe let's start with the folks who vote the other way, because it is a midterm election year after all. And the FBI already has demonstrated that its agents are happy to go after political rivals, even in the form of Donald Trump in 2016. How much more do we need than the text messages back and forth between FBI agents saying they're going to keep Trump from ever becoming president? How? With the Steele dossier, total fabrication, paid for by the Democrats. These unaccountable federal bureaucracies are not here to serve us first and foremost. They're here to serve the Democrats. And what we have is a two-class, two-tiered, master and slave system Call it what you will, but it's basically Antebellum South 2.0. And the genius of it is, as long as they accuse the other side of actually being racists, they want to put you all back in chains, folk, we don't get wise. All these illegal immigrants coming here to the U.S. from South and Central America, the Democrats argue we should allow them in when they're not careful because they're cheap labor. That's irresponsible. Bringing black Africans to our shores 300 years ago was also cheap labor, but it was also slavery. If the folks who are coming to America from South and Central America are not going to be able to afford housing, they're not going to be able to get gainful employment, and they're not going to be able to afford to eat, you are going to put them in such a desperate condition that they, yes, essentially will be slaves, I suppose. And that's wrong. That's immoral. The Arabs do that, actually. They'll put up these giant billboards advertising in poor third world countries. Come to the UAE. Come to Qatar. Somebody comes in and they have their passage booked and paid for. They're set up in very squalid conditions. And next thing they know, they are sweeping the floors and wiping the walls and serving the food and Some of the video that has come out of the Arab world as to how these slaves are treated is absolutely shocking, absolutely abominable. And yet the Democrats, by and large, want a similar kind of arrangement here. Let's mass import Hispanics from South and Central America because we think they'll vote for us. Plus also, when we vote ourselves largesse, when we appropriate the public funds to ourselves by just printing money. They they can print money for themselves to keep up with the rate of inflation. But the problem is then you and I don't keep up with inflation. Unless unless we're getting raises, you know, 8% plus year over year, which I'm certainly not. I don't know about you. Quite frankly, I think these alphabet soup agencies need to go. And part of what informs me is actually, it's a little bit complicated. My dad was a farmer and came from a long line of farmers. And he got out of farming when I was about 10 years old. And before he got out of farming, I distinctly remember sitting in the car with my younger brother, watching law enforcement block the door into the USDA building as my parents were trying to bring documents for a second opinion on their case. And what was their case? Well, my dad, being a farmer, had signed up for some grant and loan programs with the USDA, with FHA, 
And the local program administrator for the Dawson County USDA office was fudging the reports on how my parents were doing as far as their farming went. He was fudging the reports. And he was using his power, supposedly benevolent power, supposedly to help farmers in Dawson County, Montana, to instead bully and intimidate farmers in Dawson County, Montana. He would say jump, and if he didn't hear how high from the farmers and ranchers of Dawson County, Montana, he would threaten to say on the reports that they weren't abiding by the terms of the program and therefore would have to pay the money back. So my parents stood up to him. And next thing you know, this corrupt USDA official is having his secretaries call the local police department to say, we feel intimidated because the farmer you're dealing with here actually pushed back because you were trying to destroy his livelihood. You were trying to take his farm, even though he is abiding by the terms of the program. Here's the documentation. Here's the paperwork. I'd like a second opinion. Office of Inspector General came in, set up shop, called my parents in, and asked my parents what the story was. And my dad's response, I think, was brilliant. He said, don't ask me. Have an open house and invite all the farmers and ranchers in Dawson County to come in and tell you their stories. And then I'll tell you my story. Don't just take it from me. Ask everyone. Ask anyone. This is how he relates. He's abusing his power. He's abusing his office. Now, here's the thing. That corrupt USDA official was removed from office. He eventually was the one being escorted from the building by law enforcement. The FBI got involved. OIG got involved. My mother was paid $87,000 plus in a settlement. My dad dropped it. My mom could have gotten so much more, but she was just angry at that point and didn't want them to forgive our loans and pay off the farm that my parents had already liquidated. We moved to Ohio and lived in a tent for a while because that was all there was. And why did we do that? Because on leaving the USDA office, we ended up getting followed out into the country for about 40 minutes, turn by turn, by a patrol car. Turn after turn, we're going off to the farm out in the Bloomfield area, and we're getting followed down every turn for what? Why? To keep an eye on us? To intimidate us? My parents definitely felt intimidated. So intimidated that we left the state. We moved to Ohio. 87,000 did not even begin to cover what was taken from us. What was taken from me as a young man, 10 years old. That's the kind of stuff that I think of when I look at what the CDC is doing this week, what the DOJ is doing this week, what the IRS is doing this week, what the FBI is doing this week. I think of my parents and the USDA, another four-letter agency. Now, in this case, again, I said it was complicated. It is complicated. A couple other three-letter agencies got involved, OIG and FBI. So the FBI get involved, and this is where I have some hesitation. What if you have a local official who's got 
a good relationship with the local law enforcement, and he can leverage that relationship with local law enforcement to intimidate local people who are trying to bring local accountability. At that point, yes, you do need to have some help from higher up. But even there, I think to myself, why would we have needed the FBI in this particular situation if this had not been a federal U.S. Department of Agriculture? Why did that need to be a U.S. Department of Agriculture? Why couldn't that have been a Montana Department of Agriculture program to where then you go and appeal to the state authorities in the state of Montana instead of having to go to the Federal Bureau of Investigation? But even there, right, that's a quibble. If that were what the FBI were primarily doing, that kind of business, holding corrupt federal officials accountable, then I would say, eh, they're not so bad. It's when the Federal Bureau of Investigation seems to always be investigating Republicans and conservatives and the folks who are trying to reduce the size of government, lower our taxes, reduce regulation, increase individual liberty, give power back to the state and local governments and individuals, men and women and children. That whole attitude that Obama communicated years ago, you didn't build that, someone else built that, gets under my skin in a big way because the attitude that this corrupt local USDA official related to my parents in was essentially, your farm is not your farm, your farm is my farm, you're just working it until I say, I don't want you to work that farm anymore. For somebody in my dad who only ever wanted to be a farmer, whose father was a farmer, whose grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather, on back ad infinitum, so far as I can tell in looking at the genealogies, were farmers, that's a heinous thing. That's a heinous thing. At what point do we say that the cost of these alphabet soup agencies outweighs the benefit? These agencies had better mind their P's and Q's because at a certain point, you push hard enough at a large enough scale, you will get a pushback because it will be apparent to, I I don't know how many customers, 87,000 armed IRS agents can service in the course of a year, but even if it's just 87,000 families, and you know it won't be, you may have several hundred thousand families per year realizing that you're squeezing their daughter's piggy bank. You're the reason why they lost their business or their farm. At a certain point, enough will be enough. And if you had some sense, if you weren't drunk on your own power, you would conclude that the progressive idea has failed. Look at where we're at right now. It's not because you haven't done enough of what you've been doing. It's because you've done too much and you need to give it over. Give it back to we the people and let us govern ourselves again. And someone will say, oh, well, clearly we can't govern ourselves. We're 99% of these folks who are just plain old human beings, not econs like Thaler and Sunstein write about. You did that. You made us pathetic, caused us to atrophy like this by taking everything away from us. And then you turn around and you justify continuing to keep everything from us. 
power and wealth wise on the claim that, ah, look, they're pathetic. Yeah, you made us pathetic. Even so, it's important to remember, God will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And that goes for all sides of this equation. If we are sowing apathy, we will reap oppression. And we have been sowing apathy. At a certain point, you have to stand up to the bully and say, that's enough. Stop it right now. No more. And if you can't do that, if you won't do that, it's only a question of when. It's not a question of whether it will come to a bad end. I think, quite frankly, we should consider abolishing the FBI, put the power of law enforcement back into state and local hands. I think we should abolish the IRS and have everything be a tax on consumption. Abolish the USDA. If there's research, if there's management that needs to happen, let it be individual citizens and schools and corporations that fund that. The United States government does not need to be managing all of the agriculture in the U.S. Abolish the CDC. We don't need you telling us to shut down our churches and schools and businesses and families and lives to supposedly protect us from a disease that you guys cooked up in a lab. We don't need you telling us Simon Says anymore about masks, about vaccines, about social distancing. You need to go away. Go find gainful employment doing something decent. Go work in the private sector and mind your P's and Q's there as well. But you you just need to be a, a private citizen. You don't need to be a pub, public health official. We don't need a public health official. We don't need you. Get out. If I want some advice, I'll ask my doctor, not Dr. Fauci. That's what I think needs to happen here. But it's a Sunday morning. I got to run. Can't solve all the world's problems or all of our country's problems in one day. Got to leave something to do tomorrow. As always, (laughs) thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.